What's up, everyone? This is Press X Star Podcast, Season 5, Episode 38. Press X Star Podcast is the audio and video podcast seeking to transform the video game media landscape through an underserved and protected point of view. Restorative justice for the underrepresented programmers, developers, and consumers. I am your host, DJ, aka Sexy Bad Choices, aka Did You Know? Jeff Keighley's father invented IMAX. Interesting. Right. I, I learned this this weekend. I um, was shocked. I didn't realize that that was a connection he had. And apparently Jeff Keighley is rich as well. So it kind of makes sense. I wonder if anybody ever films porn in IMAX format. Oh, most likely in 4K format. You know, but I don't know if any type of yeah. theaters will allow for that type of explicit material anymore. Not yet, anyways. With Dolby surround sound. Anyway, I am Sean <laughs> M.F. Ross. What the MF stand for? Slave ship banter. Oh. Now think about it. There is... Is the MF silent? Yes. <laughs> Who else is here? It's your boy Jordan, a.k.a. JXBot, a.k.a. The Last Libertad. The Last Libertad. Oh, okay. I see. I see where we're going with this. <laughs> he okay. says it's so American. Go ahead. <laughs> Last up. Hi, I'm Avery. He's awake now. Yes. <laughs> I will try and... Ready and raring to go. Try and muster at least 10% more energy than I had this morning. <laughs> and this is to go beyond ultra. Go ahead. Anyway. Go. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, and us being introduced, uh, let me tell you what the highlights for this episode are. You, viewer, listener, can check out our Kenna Bridge of Spirits review. We just finished recording it, and it will be available before this podcast. So if you haven't seen it yet, make sure you check it out after this podcast, because you're doing it in the wrong order. Uh, we will be talking about Far Cry 6 and Battlefield 2042 beta gameplay impressions. Um, Sora is stepping out of Kingdom Hearts and going somewhere else. Uh, <laughs> really interesting. And then GTA Trilogy has been released. So there are some of the things we'll be talking about in this episode. With that being said, let's jump into what we have been playing. Let's start with uh, Far Cry. A couple of you've been playing Far Cry. Yeah. What's y'all? What's y'all takes on this game? I am enjoying it so far. Um, the tone of it starts out very rough, very sad, uh, kind of. Yikes. Um, I'm not going to spoil it, but, uh, I am enjoying the gameplay. I did not play Far Cry 3. I don't have any intention or desire to go back that far, mm -hmm. but I started playing with Far Cry 4 on the PS4, skipped, uh, what the hell was that? Primal, played 5, skipped New Dawn. So I know some people are like sick of it at this point. It's very formulaic, I'm guessing, but, um, I'm having a good time with it so far. Yeah. From what I've been hearing about it, it's a lot of people just saying it's just more Far Cry. But I mean, that's really not a bad thing if you know what yeah, you're in store yeah. for. I mean, that's just like people playing Madden every year or uh, FIFA, FIFA, you know, whatever. NBA 2K. There are some franchises that aren't going to change. It's just more of the same. I would say this is more of an update than, you know, those normal annual franchises. Mm. Um, I don't have much to complain about so far. I just got to like the second island you start on some little island isolated and then you're trying to escape for the most part this blockade um how big is that map this shit is gigantic it's pretty Jesus large Christ. um <laughs> i saw the first map and i'm like all right this ain't too bad <laughs> and then i zoom out like everybody else and i'm like what the hell the, the, the larger map can eat many of the smaller ones <laughs> yeah. really jesus okay is it a thing where it's all land or is it like, oh, there's water here too? There's some water. It's land size. and water and they have okay. islands sprinkled in without. Um, I'm curious to mm. see the actual square footage or square mileage of this compared to something like Skyrim or GTA though, because it may just be the way it looks Okay, on the map. Yeah. Um, I found a few special items already or special, you know, named guns. I think they have like 70 of them in the game. Um, I'm enjoying the character so far. Uh, I find ways to make myself laugh. I mean, I'm shooting people with my incendiary shotgun or my pistol. Uh, my preferred way is just walking up to people and double tapping them. Just right in the face with the pistol. I got a tank early in the game. Oh, 
And I just never got out <laughs> on that first mind. island. <laughs> I just never home. got out. <laughs> I can imagine Sean's character going back to camp in the tank, talking <laughs> to people like, yeah, yeah. all right. I tried. <laughs> I tried. I definitely tried. Um, I drove it. I literally put it on autopilot and just set my destinations to go to different places. <laughs> oh my and um, I do like that the story kind of reacts to stuff you have done. So at one point, and I don't feel like this is a spoiler, really, there's an anti-tank or anti-air tank that you're supposed to take out in the game at some point. I mm. took it out before they told me to, and the gentleman in the game, when he tells me to do so, I'm like, I already took it out. Like, you know, that's already been done. Oh, okay, okay, That's good. Oh, that's so good. they kind of react to stuff like that. But otherwise... Yeah. Far Cry is Far Cry. I, I don't really have too much of a complaint yet. I just hope this isn't bloated like Valhalla was. Yeah. R- real quick, before we jump to the next person, what was your um experience? Uh, not experience. Uh, how many Far Cry games have you played before this? Just four and five. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, who else been playing Far Cry? Uh, Let Jordan speak first. No, no, no. I've um, and this is gonna be quick because I only played about two and a half hours of it, or maybe three at this point. I didn't get too much game in yesterday, but yeah, it should be Far Cry Six semicolon fans only because <laughs> it is very much so like the previous ones. It looks um, visually looks great. Like this is probably like one of the best looking in the series, but this is literally the next generation of console. I mean, yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. They have used the same game engine since, I think, 2, and they've re- continued to refine it okay. each time. And I think now the most significant portion is the skybox and the volumetric um, clouds and stuff like that, yeah. which does allow for it to be prettier, I guess. Um, I, I, like, I like the shenanigans. I like seeing people randomly getting run over by other NPCs in horrific ways. <laughs> um, wildlife attacking NPCs, both friendly and enemy. Oh, that's awesome. uh, the Gator Companions, very fun. You know, just sticking a yeah. fucking alligator on people. Hey, they're not, they're not holding back. Um, I had an instance early where you're supposed to bribe somebody, and I was trying to walk up to bribe them, but the alligator went up and... I said, God damn it. <laughs> I had something similar to that happen, but instead of my alligator Guapo, who I sent away the minute I got him because I like to play Far Cry games from a like stealth perspective with like a low key perspective and then go guns out when shit pops off. Because he's he's they list I'm jumping into Jordan's time, unfortunately, to get this off because I it's a long train of thought. But like one of the things they change is before you had guns for hire and they're divided into two categories, guns and fangs. I guess they took the feedback from Fangs for Hire and just got rid of all the guns for Hire. So now you have these amigos who are all just random animals, but mm-hmm. they list them as what type of uh, what type of unit they Animal are. They like are. not okay. even, uh, like before so like, you unlock them. Yeah, like so this is offense type. This is stealth type. This is support type. Things like that. So like you get Guapo, he's offense type, and the minute you can do a fight, he will jump at somebody. And like I'm like I don't really need that from going stealth. And he's not like a D dog or something from NGS mm-hmm. Five, where I'm just like he's so precise as a character. So like. I got rid of him, and I walked up to a bribe guy, and this random alligator came out of nowhere. Just a, not mine. Just a random alligator. <laughs> I guess that nigga's just supposed to get bit, but go ahead, Jordan. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and one thing they added this time around in Far Cry is now there's a level system. Mm-hmm. So there's some areas that have stronger enemies, and the drawback to that mm-hmm. is shooting someone Is that ahead. similar to like what they did to Assassin's Creed? Yes, yeah, yeah. especially with Odyssey, okay. right. which was, or, or um, yeah. Origins, I'd imagine. Bahala. Um, all that 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 mini trilogy, they are all the same um, yeah. within Assassin's Creed. Yeah. But what I am trying to articulate is headshots will not always kill instantly because of that. If you do go to an area where you have enemies that are higher rank, and you may be maybe well, based on what I can tell, one or two ranks below, you shooting them in the head won't kill them automatically. Which I've always had an issue with across all games that do that. I'm like, no, headshots should be mm-hmm. constant. It takes skill to make a headshot or reward me for doing it. Yeah. Instead of having this, you know, hierarchy of, of level. Um, I'm guessing it might be the different type of gun because I did that. Granted, I haven't gotten farther or like gone into a higher, higher level place. But when I put the scope on the sniper rifle, it's been taking them out with single headshots. Yeah. No, I, I ran into a situation where I shot him in the head and it gave me the red mark and they were still looking at me angrily. Um, <laughs> and one out. 
<laughs> Come here. <laughs> one thing, one thing I wish, uh, well, one thing I, I do appreciate is the uh, creativity and gun variety. I think that's something they brought over from mm-hmm. New Dawn because mm-hmm. New Dawn went crazy with the guns, and that's how that DLC was marketed. That was clearly a test run for this game. I see. And they just leaned into it. So right now, I'm just waiting for Danny Trejo and that DLC when that comes out. That's all I really <laughs> want to play right now is a Danny yeah, Trejo. Yeah, I don't think he turns down any work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my impression of the fact. Right? Right. We'll see how many times we see, uh, you know, Grand Moff Gideon during this playthrough. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to have a timer for how much screen time he gets. Right. All right, Avery, what was your uh, thoughts? Yeah, uh, I'm very much with both uh, Sean and Jordan in this matter. This is just more Far Cry. Mm-hmm. This is just absolutely more Far Cry. Like, from the first minute, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is Far Cry. This is absolutely, they've, <laughs> and speaking to what Sean was talking about in regards to uh, the, this feels like the most Ubisoft Far Cry I've ever played. Oh, wow. And that the DNA from all the other Ubisoft games is in this game. And, like, it's for better or for worse. Like, the gated areas via, like, uh, enemy level is something from Valhalla. The loot and weapon system is something from, like, fucking Division uh, and stuff like that. And it's, like, a lot of those new elements kind of ruin the Far Cry experience. Mm. In that, for me, like, one, I, I, unless your game is a looter shooter, like, a loot-based game, I hate loot drops and shit. Like, just give me guns. And let me upgrade. Give me ten guns, and let me just upgrade those ten guns. Don't give me five hundred guns, and have the five hundred guns have like dozens of permutations. That's like I, mm-hmm. I find that incredibly uninteresting. And with the gated enemy things, I'm not necessarily having an issue with that. But it's just like it kind of cuts off my my desire to explore. If my desire to explore is then locked into me grinding an area out for experience to have the right level to get into that area, mm-hmm. I think it sort of gates in a like pure shooter like Far Cry where I can like go up to most enemies with like a good gun and knock them in like one or two shots that that is very annoying like in Assassin's Creed which is fundamentally now an RPG that makes sense but to uh, Jordan's earlier part about headshot being king that is absolutely like I should if I have a good gun that says it does this much damage mm-hmm. if I shoot someone with armor piercing rounds in the head and it's a pure headshot they should go down regardless of what level they are yeah. that's a little bit problematic uh, I immediately like this more than I like the last Far Cry. Mm. Like, I like Far Cry 5. I was one of its quote-unquote apologists, and I, I really love the experience. I really love that world. My biggest takeaway from that game I really hated was the creative character and the fucking fact that you were the voiceless character who was just a passenger in this story. Yeah. It sort of ruined the experience, and, like, it really lessened the impact of what I think is probably one of Far Cry's best villains and Joseph Seed, and that he just talked to a person with no agency. Like, he's talking to you like you, you're, you like, the most powerful person in the world. You're, like, the, the <laughs> thorn in his side. And literally, I'm just walking around doing what people tell me to do. And it's just, like, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> wow. Even though I'm immediately annoyed that get the character of Danny Rojas is uh, a uh, gender-specific character. Yeah. F- like, specific character. At least they have a character. And, like... They have a backstory, they have an agency, they have a reason to really be here and to be involved in this narrative. And, like, I really like Danny as so far, I'm just initial, I haven't gotten really much deeper into it, because, like, she's very much a character where, like, she's built to be the protagonist of this game. Like, oh, she, wh- how could she pick up guns? Oh, she's military trained. Yeah. Uh, I really like the side characters, uh, at least the two to three named that i met. met so far. I think they're very interesting. I think outside of the weapon variety, this hasn't felt like a insane far cry game where like the tone of the story doesn't make sense oh okay like for the most part yeah like the two or three characters I, i've met all feel like lived in characters in this world who for the most part i think are realistic to the setting i'm actually fascinated by the relationship between anton the villain and his son diego i really want to see where that's going because mm. like the way the narrative is setting things up i feel like it's going to go a route where like you as a player are going to have to make a moral choice on decisions going forward. I think it's mm. really interesting. So I'm really interested in, in going forward with the game. And so sort of the last thing I will say about my experience, despite my issue with the guns, the resolver, which are your uh, special weapons, like not named weapons, but special weapons, and your Supremo, which is your uh, superpower backpack, are fucking awesome. <laughs> Like, nothing is more awesome than running into a group of enemies and just popping the Supremo and just shooting 10 uh, missiles into the air and it just killing them. Mm, okay, okay. 
There are more Supremo backpacks that yeah, you get. Yeah. yeah, I know. I have. Yeah. I've got four of them right now. But nothing is more satisfying than the rocket launcher as of yet. And then the resolvers, which are like specially made weapons, like those special weapons, all off Far Cry for New Dawn. I got the pistol. Like you have a loadout of three main weapons and one pistol. You can change them out at any time. One sidearm. Uh, my sidearm. I just have like a normal like legendary pistol, and then I just I haven't decided what my main loadout for actual guns are. Besides me picking up a silence hunting rifle early on, which I've been pretty much using consistently from there. Yeah. Because like it, the way I play this game, it allows me to get through most encounters really interesting. But then I found a, uh, a resolver, which is a pistol, and I'm like, huh, I wonder what this does. I pulled it out, and if uh, if you're an Apex Legends fan you'll know that I main Gibraltar right now, who is the gun shield character with the bubble shield. And literally, when you pull out that pistol, your character pulls out a gun shield as well, which I didn't know was part of the gun. Oh, that's So it allows you to get really close and personal with this Magnum revolver. It kind of hits, like, it, sh- it fires shotgun shells. So, like, <laughs> it literally gets really close. And oh, like, I should pick that up then. Okay. And, like, pick them off in the close range. And I'm like, oh, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. Like the power fantasy of Far Cry is there. Oh, it's just okay. dating me with some weird level bullshit. Okay. Okay. But yeah, I'm enjoying Far Cry. All right. So I, I guess mm-hmm. my, my question, I guess that kind of explains the question I had would be like, what is the challenge in that game? But I guess the, the whole level bullshit is part of defining that challenge, right? Yeah. I mean, Far Cry has never really been a challenging game. Oh, okay. Yeah, they just throw enemies at you and call in for reinforcements. It's really a numbers game. It's, for, it's forgiving with the healing. You know, you just kind of run away if you get super hurt and just... Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. a minor tweak in, to one of its systems. I would prefer the upgrade tree oh, yeah. to to the sort of perks and things like that. Yeah. Because, uh, like, I don't understand how the healing works in this game. It took me a while to figure out that it just reloads. It is quite like, strange. Starts, it's a zero. Yeah, the game starts you off with, like, you can heal it any time and hit the triangle button. Uh, and, like, you start off, the game, when the game begins, they give you two. And then you use the first one, and then you're at one. And it doesn't go back up to two. <laughs> and then, when you go to zero, I'm like, oh, I need to look for med... Like, I thought, like, I would be looking for med kits, health no, items, things to, like, no. recharge it. No, it's just all the recharges from one to two. So, like, in regards to that difficulty of levels, if you can hide for, like, 30 seconds... It doesn't, you'll instantly get another insta heal back. And I'm like, this is really designed to balance. Does the insta heal heal your entire health or like a part of it? It heals to a certain extent. Like okay. if you heal and you're being shot at, the damage you're being dealt will go into the, what you're being healed. Uh, I see. So okay. you won't get full healing. Mm-hmm. You'll get full like 75% and they did like 25% damage to you. Gotcha. Yeah, in my head canon, I just see Danny's walking around picking up cigars to uh, light and put <laughs> into her rooms. Her or his wounds. Yeah. <laughs> which, uh, which version of Danny are you guys playing as? The man. I'm playing with the female Danny. Mm. Yeah, I'm playing as yeah. woman as woman Danny also. But they, they're saying that's who the uh, character that's the main captured mo- mo- motion motion captured I, off the woman actress. I I'm mm. I, I'm of the mindset that if you give the binary choice, the male or female, or you give the fucking uh, voice, uh, create a character oh. uh, thing, it's going to default to male. So it doesn't matter if you market this game as the female Danny. Mm. The vast majority of the data we're going to get is. People would prefer the male one, which is like whatever. Yeah. Uh, minor point: I like the transmog in terms of the outfit. All your clothing has perks, and those perks are actually really, really interesting and dynamic. It sort of ultimately changed the way you play. Because like right now, I'm running a full uh, runner perk system, which allows my Danny to move really fast and just mm. makes me fucking sprint jump everywhere okay. because I, I get like a booster speed when I come out of the sprint. I really like that it allows you to transmog, which allows me to not walk around like a burlap sack just for points. <laughs> it allows me to fundamentally wear her base outfit, which I think is a really cool design. Yeah, um, yeah, with that ability. And, but that gets to a minor point. Yeah, I get. Okay. Yeah. And it gets to a minor point in that, like Sean was pointing out something earlier to me that there's more customization to like the color schemes of everything you're wearing. But for the most part, most of the outfits you're wearing are kind of dumb looking. It's just mm-hmm. like, how much fucking like duct tape could I put on this outfit right now to make it look <laughs> military? To look like Sora. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. It seems that uh, you guys are having a good time with Far Cry 6, and we will talk about that more in the future. Uh, the next game we are going to talk about is the beta for Battlefield 2042. Beta. Yeah. So in this case, it was uh, Sean and myself and Jordan. We all played this game. 
Um, did I, you play with Jordan? You no, I didn't play. Game? I didn't play. With no, Jordan. I was, uh, no. Did you get this on Xbox, Jordan, or PS5? Yeah, I got it on Xbox. Okay. Okay. So yeah, um, I, I will. I will start because um, you know, there's been a deficit in terms of words that came out of my mouth so far in this uh, episode. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I had a very interesting time with Battlefield. I'd probably say, out of the three of us, I'm the one that. Uh, is the most foreign to Battlefield. Uh, I played one of the more modern games in the past, and I just there was a weird moving mechanic, or not a mechanic, there was a weird moving thing that I just didn't jive with, that I just, it felt weird to me, and that was causing me a lot of issues playing that game at the time, so I kind of backed away from that, and I just preferred Call of Duty. Yeah, coming from Call of Duty, the experiences are two completely different things almost yeah i actually for me i feel like the 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 most comparison that i can make with this beta and to like call duty would be like warzone Mm -hmm. i felt like warzone has done a lot to kind of prepare people to figure out how figure out how to basically just move in battlefield and like i i had a really good time with battlefield i i was actually surprised with how much fun i was having even though i was dying because he did not like battlefield at first yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I i didn't like battlefield at first like i was just like call of duty is the you thought it was a slow game yeah exactly yeah yeah. yeah and like i had a like me and sean were playing together and like i had a great time playing this game it was yeah. um before the tornado hit I was just having, <laughs> I was just having a good time, just like <laughs> I was having a good time, just figuring out. All right, this is all people's here. Let's go over there. Um, oh, by the way, Sean, you can jump off a building, and if you're quick enough, you can grapple the building, so you can Spider-Man. do a little Spider-Man oh, okay. thing. Yeah, although it it doesn't work for that long because the grapple will stop, and you'll just kind of just go back to falling. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I just, for me, the one thing that I had to get used to was, um, I had to get used to how long it took to kill people. Yeah. And it wasn't as long as Apex, but it was longer than a normal Call of Duty battle or a normal Call of Duty like deathmatch. But I, I think when I think about it, it was more akin to Warzone essentially, like how long it takes to kill someone in Warzone. But uh, I think it may be just that you had to get used to where to actually shoot on people because you weren't used to the bullet drop as well. Well, that yeah, that was I mean, I was taking too. people out in two shots when I was I was hitting a lot of headshots when we were playing. Okay, so yeah, yeah, like and taking people out quickly. Yeah, like one of my issues that I, I had to like kind of wrap my head around was judging that distance and judging how high to aim to be able to like hit the person and not have the bullet fly over the person's head. Yeah, because that was the thing that I was doing a lot. Like I was up on a building, and there was a guy next to me that was sniping. He dies. I was like, "All right, I'll carry your uh, charge, my friend." So I took a sniper rifle and I was trying to snipe people. And I got uh, out of like the four people I was hitting, I killed two of them. But it was a thing of just like, "All right, I think I need to go a little lower. Uh, I think I need to go a little lower again. Oh, it's too low. Let me go a little high." And I was kind of figuring myself out. Um, boy, when that tornado showed up. Yeah, that was hilarious. When that tornado showed up, oh my gosh, I was like, take me, <laughs> man, <laughs> I I think when it first showed up, I was in one of the helicopters or vehicles with you, Sean. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it got <laughs> snatched up by the uh, tornado. <laughs> so I jumped out. I was just like, let's see where this is going to take me. The only thing that I kind of wish, I wish you could shoot in the tornado i understand it's like impractical and you just like spin it around and all that crazy i stuff. mean where would you shoot to the bullet would get taken away <laughs> yeah i know but at least give You're me still in the tornado give me a shot because there was a person there was an enemy that was in front of me that was also like you know <laughs> spinning around just shaking your fist at each other <laughs> right. like i'd get you if you were in this tornado right now <laughs> yeah and like the tornado like spits you out like miles above the battlefield and it's just like oh my god this is crazy and you just left to either free fall down to your parachute right before you hit the ground or you can just figure yourself out. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And it's one of those things where after that happened, I was like, okay, I can see why they're being like, all right, this is going to be a $70 experience. Because after that and like once they nail like the little bugs here and there, like I can see this being a yeah, really... Yeah, this is a couple month old build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I can see this being a really, really good time playing online. 
So, yeah. so you can see why people enjoy Battlefield now versus uh, Call of Duty. Yeah, oh yeah. This oh, yeah. isn't necessarily more realistic. It's just less arcadey than um, Call of Duty. Yeah. We had a few clip-worthy moments where we were like holding down a building and either somebody was sniping us from a hill 100 yeah. meters away <laughs> or somebody was flying a helicopter and un- unleashing hell on us. Oh, it was my just. Gosh. It was, it was a lot. There was, was there, lot. there was one time where we were trying to take the one of the big build. I forget what point area it was, but like one of the points. Yeah, yeah. we were trying to take one of the big buildings, and there was people on the building that was parachuting off of the roof of the building. And as I was like focused on that, out of the corner of my eye, I see a person in a vehicle jump off of a like a, a cliff or a hill. Mm-hmm. And like they like fly across and then it explodes. I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> like this is wild. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that is a good time, though. So, Jordan? Jordan! <laughs> yeah, no, I sure enjoyed the same sentiment. I mean, I've been a fan of the Battlefield series since 3. Um, one thing that needs to improve, I know this is an older build of the game, but the mm-hmm. UI is trash. This is probably yeah. one of the worst UIs I've seen in the series, and it's something I'm seeing across many EA games, mm. at least the style of UI in terms of font and connectedness, is the best way I can put it. Yeah. Um, you can't bring up your map. That needs to be fixed. Oh, yeah. The guns feel less punchy. And when I say punchy, I mean, like, back in Battlefield 3, 4, uh, 1 and 5, the guns felt more punchy. Like, especially uh, with the Battlefield uh, 1 and 5, seeing it, that was the older war aesthetic. But even with Battlefield 3, like, there was a distinct sound with them okay uh, the sound so are you, with the guns okay. i've used mm-hmm. are you referring more to the sound or to like the recoil and like how it felt shooting the gun when i say feel i mean mostly all of the above okay like in terms of this like not just the sound it makes but like yeah. it doesn't feel that punchy it feels more subdued is the best way i can put it but like back you. in battlefield three and four felt like you were tearing into motherfuckers mm-hmm. you know with these guns especially if you got like a a room suite essentially mm-hmm. um if you had like an automatic shotgun or m16 a3 or yeah. uh vassal or something like that it may just be the vibration uh they need to up well no i mean it's just it's it's the total package it's Everything just the total together, package yeah. of of like the sound and all that um yeah i mean i'm excited to see more battlefield moments i'm glad that it was able to you know gauge interest for those that haven't you know, either stepped away from the Battlefield series or is new to the Battlefield series. Um, the, the jury's still out for me on whether or not it's $70. I'm going to pay for it no matter what. I'm a fan mm-hmm. of the series, but yeah. I'm, I'm going to need a little bit more convincing before I can tell other people who haven't played it okay. to put in $70 for it. Some changes that I like that they made. Um, you can mix and max all your purchase, uh, perks and abilities and gadgets between all the classes, so it's no longer... Mm-hmm. Limited, like you, yeah, like you, you don't have to be a certain class to heal or to repair things. Well, actually, that that goes all the way back to Battlefield uh, Bad Company, Battlefield Bad Company one and two. There were a few guns and gadgets that were able to be exchanged between the recon soldier support and medic class or whatever. But I don't think three and four was like that. Though I think you had to be like a uh, engineer to repair stuff. Right, I was saying um, Bad Company, the Bad Company games. Like C four was able to be exchanged between. Yeah. Okay, um, and then I like that you can switch your attachments on the fly. Granted, I don't remember if you could do that in 3 or 4, but I like you can switch your attachments on the fly. So uh, no, if you're running you, you in can, a building, you can sw- you, you like, couldn't. No, you, like, that, that's actually the, the controversy now, is being able to um, adjust your attachments in the game, well, at least for some parts of the Battlefield community. But back no, in I don't 3 see and how 4. that's not realistic, though. If you're actually, in real life, yeah. a soldier on the field... You'd be able to change up your gun slightly. Yeah, I think it's fine. To, you know, for the situation. So, I mean, in this yeah, one, I'm for you it. can switch to a 1x scope or an iron sight if you're running in a building. And if you're outside, you can switch to a uh, longer range yeah. scope, high power, whatever, you know, yeah. whatever you need. So, I don't see that this should be all that controversial. Yeah. No, it shouldn't. I agree. Yeah, totally agree. I enjoyed the ability to be able to customize my experience whenever I, I felt like I needed to. So that was that was a big plus for me. Like that was something that I actually appreciated over Call of Duty because you know once you make that choice, you're kind of you didn't stuck have with to it. wait until you die. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that has been what we have been playing. 
And before we get into the quick hits and to continue this episode, we have a word from our sponsors. What's good, y'all? Have you been enjoying this episode so far? Would you like to make sure that you keep getting the best laughs, latest news, and most fire takes? Then we're going to need your help. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our show. And if you have, then tell three people about the podcast. Could be strangers, friends, loved ones, hated ones, your Uncle Jim, I don't know. Every little bit helps. And after you've done that, please follow us on Facebook at Press X number two start, Instagram at Press X number two start, Twitter at Press X number two S, and YouTube at Press X to start TV. And if you've already done all this, well done. Platinum trophy achieved. And we are back. Now it is time for the quick hits. Number one. This comes from Nintendo.com. Sora from Kingdom Hearts revealed as final DLC character coming to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, unfortunately, this was the same day that Nickelodeon All-Stars released. So. <laughs> was it unfortunate? <laughs> unfortunate for, um, what's their name? Game Mill Entertainment? Uh, I forget the name of the people who made um, Nintendo All-Stars. But yeah, uh, this was incredible news. Oh, man. Uh, when they played Simple and Clean, oh, man. I was like, let's go. I can finally die. It, it's one of those. You're talking to my host. I could finally die. You're talking to my ghost. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I, Sakurai should be absolutely proud for that because that was something that a lot of people wanted. Although, um, in the YouTube trailer, in the comments, people were like, Sora? I can't believe it's Sora and not Waluigi. <laughs> not Waluigi. It's the part All of right. All right, guys. All right. But, yeah. Um it was really surprising um that that trailer was so dope um yeah it was a cool surprise and it's a nice way to end that series everyone's now questioning what's going to be the next iteration of smash brothers going forward with all of this like i don't know we'll see but yeah that was really cool to see uh they showed like his skill set he's a very strong aerial character he's very heavy in the combos um in terms of his different forms they kind of tie that to the different outfits but they don't really have any effect on his attacks um and his taunts are the other different like magical abilities he can use but yeah overall he's he looks like a really cool character um do you have the fighter pack avery yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I've always had a fighter pack. Yeah. The okay, only thing okay. the, I, I I told you this ages ago when they first came out. The mm-hmm. only thing that was sour me pre ordering this fighter pack with is they decided to put Goku in this. Oh. And I'm like, why would you do that? <laughs> I'm not paying for Goku. <laughs> I want another fucking fire emblem. Right. Character. Here's another sword guy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, this was really cool news. And again, good on Sakurai for getting this out at the end of the yeah. life. Like, yeah. All right. Yeah, I okay. I said this earlier. Like, shout out to John Drake at mm-hmm. Disney. Uh, if you don't know who John Drake is, he used to work at PlayStation, and he was formerly of Harmonix. Uh, and he moved to Disney, and he's essentially responsible for all of Disney's brand partnerships with other uh, publishers, uh, with, specifically with games. So all those Disney games that are coming back on, like in sale and digital stores, that's pretty much all him. All the Disney partnerships with various publishers to make Disney branded games, like the Star Wars games, the Indiana Jones games and the Marvel game, that's all him working behind the scenes. And, like, it cannot be stressed the amount of legal tape that required to get Sora through a window. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Through the Smash Bros. window. Yeah. Like, not only do you have to play well with Square Enix, who has been apparently notoriously bad at partnerships, but then you also have to work with Disney. And it's the only really disappointing aspect of the Sora inclusion I could tell is that Donald and Goofy are in no way present with that character. <laughs> yeah. And the only Disney reference is the fact that his keychain is the Mickey symbol. Mm-hmm. That's it. Everything else they've ripped out, and then just the Kingdom Hearts parts of Kingdom Hearts are in the game. Right. Yep. All right. Number two. This comes from IGN's Matt Kim. Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition, officially announced. So, this trilogy comprises of Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, and San Andreas. Uh, the new updated game will release on PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, slash S. 
Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC via Rockstar's game launcher later this year. Mobile ports will follow next year. So this is pretty big news for people who've been following this. A lot of people were speculating that this was going to be a thing that happened. I think it leaked at some point. Yeah, it leaked ages ago. Um, so yeah, it's cool that it's finally a thing now for people who want it. Are you guys going to get this? You guys interested in it? No. Well, you can currently get the uh, Grand Theft Auto trilogy on PC, an older mm. version of it. It just kind of shows the griftiness of <laughs> Take Two. <laughs> um, holy shit! You know, holy shit, guys. I mean, what? Good wait, work. what did you, outdoing themselves. Were, did you want like a Grand Theft Auto Six or something? Like, what no, you, what no. You, I don't want to have Grand Theft Auto Six. I don't believe in new games. I believe right. playing old games over and over again until right. I die exactly exactly here have Gosh. this trilogy and then when we remake Grand Theft Auto 5 again we'll do it again <laughs> but yeah uh, this is I think I think what Jordan is speaking to is the point that they are removing every other instance of this game from digital stores for the remaster yeah and like this was them doing what Mario did with the Mario's uh, 3D all-star thing which of here are the three games we did absolutely nothing really to them and here we just put them on a package to get them and then we're selling them to you that's the only way you can get them mm-hmm. I have an issue but considering that these are all fundamental remasters of, let's be honest, 20-year-old games now at this point, yeah. I don't have an issue of like, oh, this is the only version of them that are going to exist. There's the argument about modability of the old version, but like, if you were going to play a modded version of Grand Theft Auto, you own that game by now and have been playing it modded before. That's true. Yeah, that's probably yeah. true. Yeah, and they, they would throw that, I mean, they, they use remake and remaster synonymously like how much of a difference of a game are we getting here like that's yeah. my true question like it's going to be an up-res of the original content which the trilogy technically was mm-hmm. or is it going to be something fundamentally different yeah i, I would imagine it's just going to be an up-res because they're probably just putting all their eggs in gta 6 and and continuing pushing gta online <laughs> but yeah we'll see we'll see when it, when it uh comes out and people are able to actually play it and review it uh, number three. This comes from VG247. A la Stephanie Nunnally. 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 There you go. Uh, Pokemon Legends. Is it accurate? Ac- how, how is it pronounced? What's the official? Arceus. Arceus. I Arceus. was not close. Uh, well, that game isn't an open world game after all, apparently. Um, the Pokemon company has clarified that Pokemon Legends. Ac- Wait, one more time. Accurious? Arceus. 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 Okay. RC car. Arceus. Okay. Uh, it's not an open world game as many assumed due to the original description of the game and watched by the trailers. According to the clarification, it appears that the game will be similar to Monster Hunter in that instead of running willy nilly around the world doing whatever, the main village will serve as a base of operations. There, the player will pick up tasks before setting out to open areas. So it's going to be more so an open corridor game versus open world. Um, that's uh, that's fine, I guess. It's it's one of those things where the more that comes out about this game, the less excited I am for this game. And it's not even about the open world corridor. It's more so the last gameplay trailer they show of you as the trainer fighting the um the new evolution of Scyther, and it's like mm, this. This seems wait, that was a Scyther evolution, yeah, yeah. So that's another thing. Like, yeah, I feel like there was a level of polish for Sword and Shield that I just haven't seen yet for this game. And I don't know if it's just the screens that I'm watching it on, and it's just maybe it once it's on the Switch and once it's on the OLED switch, it looks a whole lot better. But it's just, I don't know, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting cold feet on this game. Yeah, my opinion changed on that game about the minute I saw the inconsistencies in combat Mm -hmm. in that instead of a game where you have a partner Pokemon that you're sort of controlling independently, sort of like a uh, a deep cut, like a Nino Kuni type of game Mm -hmm. where like uh, it's more like, oh, no, we we go into turn based battles or you can just run around and get hit by this enemy. And I'm like, (laughs) I I, pick a fucking lane. I'll do it myself. (laughs) (laughs) Sit down, Pikachu is my turn. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. It's that was that was crazy to watch. But yeah, we'll we'll see more of that game when it comes out next year. Uh, number four. This comes from IGN's Matt Kim. 
Gearbox Randy Pitchford steps down as Gearbox software president, remains as Gearbox Entertainment CEO. So Pitchford will serve. Well, well, sort of. Get, sort get of. him the fuck out of there, man. But he he more so just moved into no, a he's, different he's, room of the building. No, yeah, he's he's still in charge. Yeah, in charge. yeah, he yeah. So uh, Pitchford will serve as president of a new division called Gearbox Studios, which will oversee the company's film and TV projects, starting with the upcoming Borderlands live action movie. The further away he is from the Borderlands video game, the happier I am. I mean, I understand he's quote unquote still in charge. Yeah. That dude's problematic as fuck. Absolutely. And like, we're talking yeah. like the allegations towards him, though, have yet to be prosecuted, proven, in, in fact, are egregious enough to me for me to go, I don't like this guy. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just, I don't like this guy. Besides that, have you seen his magic tricks? Like, yeah, I've terrible. seen his magic tricks. The, the greatest magic trick of all is him not being prosecuted for some of the shit, <laughs> some of the allegations <laughs> that he's facing right now. Ta-da! That's the biggest, ma- <laughs> the biggest fucking magic trick. Absolutely. Assholes. Yeah, yeah, it, he's he's just bad, just bad. Uh, number five. This comes from Destructoids. Chris Mosey, Mosey, Mosey. Yeah. Konami contest challenge indies to develop games using classic IPs. So this kind of came out of left field. Uh, longtime developer slash publisher Konami has announced a new contest which indie developers are tasked with creating brand new games based on the company's huge portfolio of brands and classic IPs. The action and shooting game contest was announced on IGN and could see the winner walk away with a fat check and potentially huge game sales. So essentially what this is, is Konami uh, put out a contest that gets indies to develop games from any of their IPs. They're allowed to like uh, mismatch all like the different genres and stuff and just make their own things. And whichever one wins this contest, Konami is going to work with that studio to, um, you know, get the game to a, a, a release level or do something with the game, essentially. Um... I've been hearing a lot of very uh, mixed opinions on this. A lot of people are like, oh, this is cool. This is really interesting. Like this gives indies a way of, you know, stepping into the limelight and being able to create games or being able to get ideas out that they, you know, may have thought of for years, but just didn't have the opportunity. And then the other side of this is like, this is, this is just free labor. (laughs) Like this is Konami, like, because they, they, they did mention how they want to get back in the games. Mm. And it's one of those things where, you know, if, if they don't have an idea, what's a way of, um, you know, picking the brain of the community and having them present us with an idea that we can work with and make money from? Oh, we'll just do a contest. We'll just have the artists work on the games without us paying them. And then whoever wins, we'll cut them some money. So that's kind of the two uh, sides of the fence that I've been pretty much watching since the release of this whole contest thing. And I don't know, I, I see both sides. I, like, you know, being a, a creator myself, I can understand the idea of like, oh, no, this is a really cool way of, you know, getting my idea to Konami. And if it's a good idea then, you know, they will do stuff with it and include me into it. But um, the other side is like, mm, am I being taken advantage of? I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, the only way that this, I think, comes out to be equitable is that whatever you make, you have Konami will publish it in the sense that they are allowing you to use their IP and do whatever you want with it. Mm-hmm. And they will take money from it. But you're in charge of getting it out there and you make what like. The only way this works is whatever you're working on, you're allowed to fundamentally sell after the fact. Oh, after the contest. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Because otherwise you're just doing free work. Right. Yeah. Because if you have no control over it after you're done, it is like you worked for them, but didn't get paid until the end. end. <laughs> well, what's your, uh, what's your take on this, Jordan? I mean, as long as people are, <laughs> are paid and their contribution isn't exploited, then I'm for it. Yeah. But yeah, Konami, they're stepping away from Pachinko machines, I guess, or they're just trying to find another revenue outside of Pachinko machines. So how, was, this, how was described to me is that I think, um, you know, when I initially stepped away from game dev, they moved to Pachinko because they thought that would make more money. But then with the pandemic they've come to a realization that, oh, the game industry is actually pretty, um, 
pretty sturdy. <laughs> and the vending machines spread COVID quicker as hell with the silver balls. Right. No. Yeah. So like they've decided to make the move to go back into gaming, and plus a lot of you know people have been wanting them to do stuff with the Metal Gear IP, the Silent Hill IP, in Castlevania. Castlevania, right? Hmm. Yeah. So this is a way for them to kind of get a kickstart back into that realm. But uh, again, as always, we will see where this goes, where this leads to. Maybe we'll get a, a Bloody War, Metal Gear Solid, Silent Hills, Vania game. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, that has been our quick hits, and it is now time for the heavy hitter. Avery, I gave this one to you because something apparently happened in, in Twitch. Yeah, uh, so I'm going to get the, before we talk about the main thing that is the point of topic of this entire art uh, event, mm -hmm. uh, it should be uh, really overstated how fucked Twitch is kind of right now. A hacker, I believe, earlier this week got a hold of pretty much the entire back end of Twitch, published all of it on the internet for everyone to see. And uh, the thing that everyone has been talking about is the financials of what, how people are making money. But honestly, the biggest thing is that the source code of Twitch got leaked. Fundamentally, if you don't understand what the source code is, that is the wow. bare bone skeleton of a, uh, of a platform. And in Twitch's case, that pretty much means that it is super easy now for anyone to take all the work that has gone into Twitch and replicate it, mod it, do anything they fucking want with it to the point where, like, the hacker's uh, argument was he wanted to remove the uh quote unquote monopoly of twitch because it was a toxic environment yeah and to that point i say yeah go fuck yourself dude you are just <laughs> being a hacker hacking to make a name for themselves and do shit <laughs> you're like i don't like if you want to punish twitch punish twitch but your actions also have pretty much put any everyone who's on the platform at risk of various things so to talk about any like high road care about people is just kind of fucking yeah. ridiculous like, at this point. I feel I like, mean, like yeah. it's 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 the, these hackers as of late are just targeting the wrong things. Like just target <laughs> Wells Fargo. Like why are you targeting Facebook and Twitch and shit? Like target the real enemies. Fuck, bro. But like I, I feel like damn it. If they if they wanted to do this from a good cause, I feel like if they just released the financials, like just the financials of it that would have been enough. They didn't need to do the source code because I feel like in my mind, when I think about it, okay, well, you have the source code now. Instead of like, I, if, if I were to take the source code and I'm then like, all right, what can I do with this? It wouldn't be, oh, I'm going to make a competitor to Twitch. It would be, oh, I'm going to see the source code, see how it works and see how I could break Twitch. Well, yeah, now fundamentally it's going to be super easy with that. So, hey, yeah. heads up to anyone. If you have a Twitch account, make sure you set up two-factor authentication. Oh, uh, shit. If, if, if right. this is like like <laughs> if they leaked if they are fundamentally <laughs> able to leak the back end of twitch then odds are they are able to get all password and all account information as well yep. uh as well as hey we stop talking i'm getting scared <laughs> twitch, no. twitch is so entwined with amazon i also think you should probably go in and change your amazon credentials ah! as well <laughs> my orders <laughs> yeah that's shit, kind of shit. a big deal and in regards to the financial information that we're, we're talking about now, even mm. that is, I think, like a bridge too far. And like, I like here's the thing. So the big thing that everyone's taking away from this is the hacker freely put out the payment information from like 2019 mm -hmm. to tw uh, uh, this September of everyone on Twitch and revealed everyone's like what people are making on Twitch. And fundamentally, this is, uh, at least in my opinion, for someone watching Twitch, this is a non-issue. Like people are freaking out about how much money people are being paid and ignoring the fact that people are going into these chats and paying this money. And 90% of big streamers have their entire Twitch subs count on top of their screen. So you know fundamentally what they're being paid. Yeah. And if you have an issue with them making, like the two people took a lot of heat from this. Critical Role, which go fuck yourself, you're targeting Critical Role. They are doing a full on production on Twitch yeah. uh, making really great content. Nine million compared to what other TV shows and shit are making. They made nine million in three years. Other shows are like making way more and requiring way more financial burden. Like it's 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 not there. And then Hassan uh Piker, aka Hasanabi, who is constantly under fire because people don't understand socialism. 
<laughs> he he's like he's one of the most vocal left wing people on the internet, mm-hmm. and like he's built a massive brand on Twitch for that. Where like people will sit, thirty k people will sit there looking at him, just watch Fox News, <laughs> watch Joe Rogan. They wa- they just watch him do that so they can get his takes and his opinions. And he's got a lot of like I'm a millennial Twitch uh, young adult cringe shit that he sometimes talks about where I'm like I have like a fundamental problematic nature of this mm-hmm. like whatever but for the most part he is he's essentially responsible for like any social revolution in regards to Gen Z going forward mm. like if, if, I, if I look at one person it's going to be him interesting he bought a house a while ago and people freaked out about it because he was like he bought a three million dollar house in LA uh, we can argue about the financials of LA requiring for him to have a good house regardless of that and the argument has been like, you talk about socialism, you're rich. How can you talk about socialism? And his response is, fucking tax me, bro. Like, this is all I've been complaining about for years. If you think I'm making too much money, A, don't sub to me, and B, fucking tax me. Like, I want that to happen. I mean, that's, that's- you, can, you, can have, you can have socialists, well, like, not necessarily socialist beliefs or agree with socialist tenants, and still, you know, you got your, your, your direct deposits. Like- yeah. Well, like, the, yeah. So, like, since the information is out there and Hassan himself has gone on uh, like the the greater Twitch community has gone on to be like fucking let's Squid Games came out at the perfect time. Oh yeah. So like the greater Twitch community, they now all refer to each other as numbers. So if you go that if XQC is talking about uh, Nick Merckx, he calls him number five. Oh, right. call him Nick Merckx because number five. Uh, if uh, Hassan is talking shit about uh, uh, about soda popping, he's gonna call soda popping forty three. Dang. <laughs> it's from, from a like metagame of the Twitch ecosystem, it's actually kind of funny. Yeah. Because it's like now they make fun of each other for being poor and it's like unrealistic, but it's one of those things where like you can't, Soda Poppin can't talk shit to XQC because mm. <laughs> XQC's fucking, he's made like $8.5 million in three years over on Twitch. Wow. It's actually kind of fun. But like, yeah, Hassan is number 13 and he's made $2.8 million in the last three years off Twitch. Mm uh wow ludwig who who beat ninja's like numbers has made in regards to uh being signed made 3.2 million uh hmm. xqc is at 8.4 8.5 and only beat him is critical role at like 9.7 so it's like uh also shout out to the only apex player on this number uh on the like the top 100 in tsm imperial how at 81,000 like nearly 90 91,000 dollars Wow. So that tells you how big he is as the number one Apex creator. Yeah. Uh, what I think is sort of painful about these numbers is that people are now taking this information in bad faith and using it and weaponizing it. Mm. Like, for me, that's where it loses its value entirely. Like, there's, you can make an argument about fucking, like, democratization of Twitch as a platform in which people have to actively go to your stream and give you money. This is not Twitch paying you. This is not Twitch hiring you for shit. This is like, people are putting money into the Twitch ecosystem because of you. It's like, there's not much you can really talk about the ecosystem of Twitch and who's getting numbers or who's not. You can talk about like the faces of the creators and that there are not a lot of people of color in the top 100 being payout right there. And like- Or women. Or women. I think it's like 3% in the top is is women. Yeah, uh, Pokemon is like- The only one, oh, Amaranth is actually number 48, and Pokimane is 39. Okay. Uh, you know, not a lot of women, not a lot of people of color, but that gets into an ongoing argument, not argument, conversation we're having on Twitch, at least as people on Twitch, is that the audience of Twitch needs to change. Mm-hmm. At this point, offcast, we were talking about like uh, this movie, Kate, and Jordan was making the argument of it didn't necessarily need to be this woman. It could have easily been a uh, Japanese woman. And I'm like, I, I agree with that metric, but I also agree with the metrics of like, the movie was made because of where he lived with Wednesday, and I think that's neither here or there, but mm. ne- but Netflix in inclusivity, Netflix and th- diversity and things like that, that's something they should be pushing and doing things like that. You really can't push that on Twitch because, like, fundamentally, people want to watch what they want to watch. There's so many things going into someone's popularity on Twitch that, like, it's really hard to push agendas based on identity, if that makes sense. Push agendas based on it. What do you mean? Like, all the people in my Twitch front page, I follow a handful of, of people of color creators, mm. and I follow them because they're people of color creators and I want to give them the follow. That doesn't mean I'm going to watch them, and me not watching them means they're not getting paid via that. So it's like, there's not much. Well, is, is, the audience, is, the, the audience, is the reason you're not watching their content, is it because, is it, for example, 
Are they like they're not making content I want to watch? Okay, yeah, okay, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Right. They're not making content I, I want to watch. Then there's not much I can do unless I make it my job to just I every day I go on Twitch and I look at every person of color who I I open their stream, put it on mute, and walk away. I don't have that type of time or energy. I I go on Twitch, I watch what I want to watch, which is pretty much pro Apex at this point. And then eventually I'll pop in for like maybe thirty to forty minutes in another stream if they're doing something interesting. And then like for the most part, that's my Twitch existence. Right. So fundamentally, the audience of Twitch needs to change. To the argument that people are making is that people are also watching people they they look up to or like who look like them. And if that is the case, then just the audience of Twitch needs to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I totally agree. It, it's it's one of the things where I don't know. I mean, it it probably it could be a generation thing where like me, I understand what Twitch is, and really and truly, I could probably replace Twitch for YouTube. It, like during my day because i do just have like youtube on i just have whatever on and i could replace that with twitch i just don't think of going to twitch until like twitch is actually in a conversation of some sort and i'm just like oh yeah twitch twitch that's right yeah yeah so like i feel like it's one of those things where i imagine to them that when them seeing the money seeing the the um the activity they're like oh we're fine with this audience like whoever will get on twitch will get on twitch because we're, we're doing good now we're doing making money but it is a thing where it's like maybe it could just be more education and that education could get more uh creators on it who are not white guys and like the problem with that is that those creators exist they just don't have these numbers true 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 yeah yeah well i i don't know see i guess the education would be around getting more eyes on those creators but then it it is that that's just diversity like that's just Twitch and then like themselves out for like uh, here's a good example if Twitch is in the middle of its Hispanic Heritage Month and as a direct result they're putting a lot of uh, Latinx creators on their front page and getting front page space is like a great way to instantly get numbers but like sustaining numbers isn't just being on the front page yeah it's getting front page numbers on a consistent basis yeah yeah because you make more money on Twitch via ads than you make from actual like Twitch subs is that why Andy Cortez was in the Billboard in New York yes. okay okay yeah. He was on he was on front page and like I looked it up and Andy was sitting at like six point nine K viewers. Which is like Wow. Yeah. His normal viewers. <laughs> yeah. Mostly kind of funny audience. Right. And number at three hundred. The main kind of funny stream is about one K on average mm-hmm. on when they're doing games daily, and then it hovers between one K and seven hundred uh when they just doing normal gameplay. And they and they reach those five K numbers when they're reacting to big content. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It it's at some point, it is good that you know we get to see these numbers, and hopefully, also want to point out that these also want to point out that these numbers have been freely available beyond people just putting out their oh. Twitch numbers. Okay, without, yeah, exactly. Without yeah. beyond people just putting out their Twitch subscribe on on their screens, yeah, there are like dozens of websites that just power rank people based on all the metrics that they have there. Huh. All this right. Was just this was just a clean three year payout that that one was able to rip out. Yeah. Okay, well then, never mind on what I was gonna say. That. I was gonna say they could just use like people could use this information to kind of you know make Twitch be more fair. But if this information's already been out there, and it's just like all right, whatever. Yeah, there's nothing uh, from a moral standpoint about any of the information released in this. Yeah. Thing. Wow. Like if they had released internal Twitch documents about shit they've been doing in the background that were anti-consumer, anti-monopoly, things that are like anti-creator, anti- like that was like, okay, that's information that I have no problem with being hacked out. But this is just right. like raw information that fundamentally A, already exists, B, is going to be weaponized against creators on this platform, mm-hmm. and, uh, and C, is going to hurt the platform as a whole now. Yeah. We literally went through this entire sequence of of hate raids and people creating dozens of bots and things like that. Oh, now yeah. with the source code and shit out there, any work that Twitch has done to rectify all that information, probably not going to work anymore for those people who are determined to continue that shit. Yeah, that's a good point. Yikes, man. All right, well, um, Jordan, you got anything to, to wrap this up? No, no, I still have peace at the beginning. They, they hacked the wrong thing. Yeah. Hack the banks. Don't hack yeah. fucking video game shit. Hack the good banks. <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, uh, this has been another episode of Press X to Start Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoy making it. Don't forget to rate and reviews on your favorite podcasting apps and like, share, and subscribe on your favorite YouTube channel. That's ours. 
if you missed uh if you don't know where to go to watch our videos just look to your side it, it, it's right there it, or actually you should know because you're you're watching this video on our youtube channel so you did it like congratulations you should pat yourself on the back you're amazing you won you did it you won yes you did um you can go to our website at pressx number two start.com there you'll see our pretty faces and see where else you can follow us like our instagram account with that being said you be safe you wash your hands you take care peace <laughs>